You're listening to the Greek's Gridiron. Now here's your host, Ethan Haristadulu. Maybe with some more talent offensively, a little more firepower, whether it's on the offensive line to help beef them up there or just getting some better skill players on the outsides for Bryce Young to throw to. But overall, really impressed with the performance that they had. I thought that, you know, it was a trap game going into it for the Packers. Didn't expect that the Panthers would probably have their best game offensively the entire season so far. At number 30, we're looking at the Arizona Cardinals. They drop a spot here for just a really tough loss to the Chicago Bears. Defense really gave them a tough time. And at this point, we're looking at the Cardinals as kind of a team that is just, you know, trying to find what they can with this season. And who it almost feels kind of like audition season for them right now. Who's going to make it in what's probably going to be a pretty turnover-heavy like offseason as far as the team's roster is concerned. I think we're going to see a lot of changes. We already kind of saw them going into the season and it seems like we're going to see a lot more of that going in this year because there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of guys on the Arizona Cardinals that I'm sitting here hammering the table about that they have to stay there. Like they have a few key guys that I really like over there and even some guys that maybe have stood out this year, but this is definitely a season of turnover that we're probably going to get from the Arizona Cardinals. And number 29, the Patriots continuing to win games despite it honestly kind of feeling like it's going to hurt them in the long run but here they are two and one in their last three got to give them some credit they absolutely took it to the broncos and talk about weathering what became like a hurricane right off the bat you have that crazy sack that bailey zappy got absolutely nailed on strip sack fumble you let the broncos get the ball literally like at your goal line but you hang tough you don't let them get any points really poor decision making in my opinion on Sean Payton's part there, but it is what it is. It's in the past, but you get the job done. You you're able to hold off a comeback attempt in the fourth quarter there by Denver. And ultimately you put the ball in the, I guess, legs of Chad Ryland. And despite having missed two field goals earlier in the game was given the opportunity to win the game and make up for his couple of misses from earlier. That kind of puts you in that situation ultimately, but he got the job done. So hats off to the Patriots for that. Did not expect that victory on Christmas Eve, but Here we are. Again, wild results every single week. Next four teams at number 28. I have the Chargers at number 27. I have the Jets at number 26, the Titans, and then the Giants dropping a spot down to number 25. So the Chargers, Jets, and Titans, none of them are moving this week. Uh, The Chargers, I got to give some credit, especially, you know, firing of the head coach coming off of what was one of the worst performances in franchise history, where it felt like the team basically gave up on their head coach. You come in, you play the Bills extremely tough, and you took it all the way to the very end with them. Hats off to them for that performance. That was not a game I was expecting to turn out the way it did. I thought the Bills might have their way with the Chargers going into that one. So you do get some credit, hence why you don't move down. You just stay put where you are. Good effort there. The Jets... You could argue maybe they should be lower than the Chargers just based off their performance against what I consider now the worst team in the NFL. That's fair, but I will say that I do think the Chargers have at least been a better team than the Chargers have all season long, so I'm giving them a little bit more benefit of the doubt there, and I do like the Jets' defense a lot more than I do the Chargers, which has been pretty bad all season. So Jets are still at number 27. They still got the victory as well as while the Chargers lost, but I do think that this is a team that is just kind of Finding, again, what they can, similar to like the the Cardinals, but I do think they have a better roster than Arizona. Just kind of finding the good and what they can with the remainder of the season now that the playoff hopes are dashed. Aaron Rodgers is not coming back to play at all and all yada, 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 all that. I am very excited to see what the Jets' future holds, but as of right now, bottom-tier team in the NFL with some bottom-tier play at that. 
Number 26, the Tennessee Titans. And I've got to say, as somebody who is a Colts fan, watching Mike Vrabel coach his team to the very end, not allowing them to give up and for, and, and just get rallying his troops to fight tooth and nail in games that do not matter has got to be one of the more fun things to watch. You go into that game against Seattle, you could basically just kind of roll over and take the L. There's nothing really to gain from winning other than just like, this is a man's game and we want to win. That's basically like, that's like what I think of when I think of Mike Vrabel is it's like, even if, even if we're down and out, we're still fighting you the very finish. And I would not be surprised to see the same exact effort the next couple of weeks. That is a Mike Vrabel led team to a T. Hopefully DeAndre Hopkins is good. Uh, I'm curious to see what happens now with this loss here. Obviously, Ryan Tannehill had the opportunity to come in. You don't get the victory with him under center. Hopefully, you get Will Levis back sooner than later. I think every rep counts for him, especially at this time in the season. You want to get him every last rep possible with the starters in real game action so you can prepare him for an entire offseason as the assumed starter going into next year. And at number 25, the New York Giants, the Tommy DeVito era. I think has officially come to a close as he was benched in favor of Tyrod Taylor, who a pretty crazy touchdown pass late in the game to close the gap. But while the Giants did keep the game close, I will say that it felt like that game was probably a little bit closer than it should have in large part because the Eagles were kind of doing everything they could to keep the Giants in that game. It felt like whether it was the the collision on the kick return and the, at the start of the second half, the pick six from Jalen Hurts, which was a really nice jumped pass by Adoree Jackson. I will give him credit for that. But overall, even though this game score-wise was close, it felt like the Eagles kind of let them be in that position to have the game as close as it was. Moving into the next four teams, at number 24, we have ourselves the New Orleans Saints. At number 23, we're looking at the Atlanta Falcons. At number 22, we have the Chicago Bears. And then at number 24, or excuse me, 21 rather, we're looking at the Minnesota Vikings. At number 24, the Saints listen. As I've been saying for quite a while now, Offensive inconsistencies will continue to kill this team. If it's not at quarterback, it's at the wide receiver position. Too many dropped passes, too many errant throws. The whole jockeying of like, is Taysom Hill going to come in and get some opportunities here or there? And at times it looks great. At other times, it's like it, it does not at all. So until this offense can sort itself out, you have a defense that for the most part is pretty good. But ultimately, I feel like you kind of got what was eventually going to happen, a defense that just could not hang on going up against a high-powered offense when your own offense is just shooting itself in the foot. And that is kind of where the Saints are right now. Falcons at 23 right above them. Good win over the Colts. Defensive performance. Excellent performance, I will say, on top of, you know, what was uh, wildly good performance, I guess, overall from the Atlanta Falcons offense. Taylor Heineke, excellent job there going with him. Um, not really sure what to make of the quarterback situation in Atlanta. I know they're still in the fight for the NFC South, as are the New Orleans Saints, but it feels like where the Bucs are in their current state, it feels like they're starting to kind of pull away with the division right now, and it's basically the Bucs division to lose at this point here. So while the Falcons and the Saints are still in it, I'm kind of expecting the Buccaneers to wrap up that division over the next couple of weeks, and... Listen, the Falcons, it kind of feels like they might be heading towards a potential coaching change. I'm not really sure where the organization is on Arthur Smith, but there's been a lot of fans shouting a lot of things about the usage of players on that team there, especially on the offensive side of the ball. And it kind of feels like we're heading for some change. At number 22, Chicago Bears. 
defense obviously continuing to just be a demolition crew since Montez Sweat has gotten there. It's been really fun to watch them round out. They're the best run defense in the NFL right now, but the offense does deserve some love. It feels like they're starting to find their footing. And listen, I don't know what they're going to do. They have two first round selections. They're going to get the Panthers number one overall selection with the way the Panthers are right now. I would not be too mad if I saw the Chicago Bears stick with Justin Fields. Give him another year. Get him some more talent. It feels like now you have a great defense, a, a great defense over there in Chicago, one that has really rounded into form, coupled with an offense that, again, has just been it's been messy at times, but I think it's sort it's starting to sort itself out. And I think if you got another legit wide receiver to pair with DJ Moore, because I don't know if DJ Moore is a true number one. He's an excellent football player, but I don't know if he's like that number one guy that the number one corner is going to want to line up against and do battle with each and every single week. If you could get him somebody else, not really sure where I stand on Cole Komet. I feel like he has very hot and cold games as well. Maybe if you could find some more firepower as a tight end position as well, you have yourself a potential for a really exciting offense. One that could run the football effectively, open up the passing game, and if you got some more talent out there, maybe you have something. But until then, you got the Bears where they are right now. But I do think we're starting to find some footing as far as offense goes. Defensively, I've been loving what the Bears have been doing since the trade deadline. It's been awesome to watch. The Vikings at 21 here. Uh, listen, I'll give them some serious credit for taking it to the Lions to the very end and making that division win for them very difficult, as difficult as it could have been. There were, there was a couple of moments in that game where I thought, oh my God, the, the Detroit Lions, with all the hype around them potentially sealing the division today, are going to blow that opportunity. And it felt like the Vikings were going to make it happen. But ultimately... I just don't think with Nick Mullins under center, you're going to be able to get any more victories this season. You might be able to pull one off if if things don't matter for the Lions week 18. But if it's like a competitive game where all the teams are playing to the very end, and I don't feel like Dan Campbell's the guy that's going to let his team roll over because of the playoffs. I think we're going to see them fight tooth and nail to the very end to get the best record possible in the NFC because things are kind of opening up now that the 49ers have another loss on their record sitting at, what are they, 11-4 and four now? So... Things are somewhat creeping open in the NFC right now with the way things are shaking out at the top. Just don't be surprised. Don't be surprised about them. But the Vikings, um, a, a great defense, really good against the run. Daniil Hunter is going to get absolutely paid this offseason. I really hope for the Vikings' sake it's in Minnesota because the defense in Minnesota the last few years has been awful. And this season has really sorted that issue out. Like you go from like worst to the middle of the pack against the pass. And you're one of the better run defenses in the NFL now too. I hope they can keep him there because he does a great job against the run and obviously pressuring the quarterback. Uh, and I I'm excited to see where this defense goes if they try to maintain as much continuity as possible. So I really hope they can keep as much of the nucleus on defense together as possible. And I'm just kind of waiting to see what happens to Kirk Cousins before I can kind of make an assumption as to what this team looks like next year. Moving into the next four teams at number 20, Denver Broncos dropping seven spots here with the Bengals right above them at 19, dropping eight spots. A couple of big corrections for those two teams. The Steelers at number 18 and then the Packers at number 17, both jumping up a couple of spots here, kind of in large part because of the Bengals and the Broncos just poor performances this week. Now the Broncos, I don't know what happened. You started out that game shot out of a cannon 
with the potential to just make it a flat-out embarrassment on Christmas Eve. Everyone had the Broncos winning, and you fall so far behind, you need like a Herculean type of effort from Russell Wilson late in the game in the offense to figure things out and at least put yourself in a position to potentially win the game. Ultimately, Chad Ryland was given one more opportunity, and you fell to the leg of a guy that missed two times earlier in the game. Uh, I don't really know what to make of Denver anymore because that winning streak that they were on feels so far behind them now with the way that they've kind of faltered since then. I believe they're on a two-game losing streak now. It feels like this is a team that is now regressing back to where they're supposed to be, which is good improvement over last year, but they're just on the outside looking in as far as playoff contention goes. And I think that's the right place for this Broncos team to be right now. Like, yes, it was an awesome run that they were on, but... Once they stuttered against the Texans, and then from there, they just it, you started to it, not not unravel, but again, you started to regress back to where I think this team is actually supposed to be. I was very high on Denver a few weeks ago, but now with the back-to-back losses, I'm starting to kind of see what they are. A team that's vastly improved, but I think needs another year under Sean Payton to really fully realize what this team could be, which is exciting for the future, considering what what the thought process was on Denver going into the offseason last year and even coming into this season. Nobody really knew what the hell you were going to get. Much improved Russell Wilson, much improved defense. I think you need just a little bit more juice, especially on the offensive line, uh, and we'll kind of see where the team goes. At number 19, the Cincinnati Bengals. My goodness. Talk about getting absolutely walloped by the Pittsburgh Steelers in this game here. Obviously without Jamar Chase, so there is that to kind of hold on to, but I think we kind of saw the Cincinnati Bengals regress back to where they're actually supposed to be minus Joe Burrow. And there was a lot of conversation about how this offense looked post-Joe Burrow injury, how Jake Browning in that offense was averaging more points per game than when Joe Burrow was under center there. But finally, I think reality had caught up with the Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Burrow and that whole situation was fun. It was like lightning struck in a lightning caught in a bottle and was just striking over and over and over again. Three weeks straight for that matter. But ultimately, this I think is the reality of where the Bengals are. Minus Joe Burrow, you didn't have the offensive output you needed. And on top of that, the defense. I don't know what happened to the defense where you're going to let the Steelers, who couldn't even sniff 30 points going into this matchup here, have their best performance of the season with Mason Rudolph under center at that. I'm not sure what happened there. Not really sure what happened there. But George Pickens and Mason Rudolph had themselves quite a game against you guys, and that was not something I was expecting to see. At number 18, the Pittsburgh Steelers, as I just mentioned, getting a big win over your division rival, keeping playoff hopes alive and trying to keep yourself above 500 for your head coach and Mike Tomlin. Uh, Listen, I did not give Mason Rudolph a single chance going into this game. Had been like two years since the last time he had saw a snap in a game as a starter. And I I didn't know what to expect, but I did not expect it to be what we got. He fired that first touchdown pass to George Pickens, and that Steelers team just never looked back. And I've got to say, hats off to them. With all the drama surrounding this Pittsburgh team going into this matchup, and just like the drama that we were hearing about like for that week like leading into the game, I was a little worried of where that team was going to go. But Mike Tomlin, I've got to give him credit. For him to rally the team the way he did, to be able to, and it feels like that's something he's very good at doing in the face of adversity and struggling. He's able to rally the team to get them into a position to win games where it feels like they're down and out and silence some of the noise at the very least to still 
put his team in positions to win. I've got to give him credit for that. I understand the offensive issues, and I know how some Steelers fans feel about him. Believe me, I understand. I get it. Uh, but I do have to give them some credit for the amount of noise that was going on surrounding that football team going into that game, for them to come in and just completely stomp out the the little fire that the Bengals had going the last few weeks. My, I'll tip my cap to Mike Tomlin on that one. That was one hell of a performance from that team from top to bottom, offensively, defensively. You played a full, complete 60 minutes of football and absolutely spanked your division rival Bengals. And number 17, the Green Bay Packers. And listen, this is one that you're moving up more because the Broncos and the Bengals took a nosedive this past week, but I'll give credit where it's due. I called this game against the Panthers when I was making my predictions a trap game, and it was for good reason, because the defense in Green Bay has not been great, especially as of late. I really feel like they're starting to regress significantly, and you have a lot of good talent there, so I don't know what's going on. Before, it was just the offense with a really good defense, and then I feel like over time, the defense has kind of regressed. Maybe it's injuries. I feel like the Packers are one of the more hurt teams in the NFL. I, when every, t- every week I look at their injury report, it feels like it's a mile long. So maybe that's what it is, and the season's just starting to catch up with them finally. But for them to let the Panthers' offense come to life and have their best game of the season kind of fits the narrative of this defense maybe needs to see some adjustments going into this offseason. And I've seen the noise coming from Packers fans about their defensive coordinator and how things need to be changed over there. Believe me, I get it. You have the worst run or one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. It feels like you're letting everyone run all over you. And even now against the pass, things are starting to look really bad. Like Bryce Young in that offense in Carolina has not even sniffed that type of performance all season long. Similar to the Steelers and their performance against the Bengals. You got that same effort from the Packers this week. So I'll keep them at 17 for right now. They're like on the cusp of playoff potential, in my opinion. It's a lot of things need to go their way between now and the end of week 18 for that to potentially happen and land a playoff berth. But they're a very young offense with an experienced defense full of some good players. But I think some scheming needs to be changed over there this offseason and the the injury bug has got to get sorted over there because again I feel like every week I look at the Packers injury report and it is so long and it's ridiculous week in and week out and that's a trend I've been noticing for at least the last like month maybe even more but that's just what I've been noticing I'm curious what Packers fans have felt about that moving into the top half of the NFL though at number 16 the Jacksonville Jaguars dropping a couple of spots here and if you want to if you want to throw them down even lower honestly I'll I'm more than happy to hear your arguments because it's probably fair at number 15 Indianapolis Colts, they drop three. The Raiders at number 14, jumping nine spots here. We'll get into that in a second. And at number 13, the Seattle Seahawks going up three here. So the Jaguars dropping two more spots. They're on a four-game losing streak right now. And honestly, if you think that they need to be lower because of this four-game losing streak, because they're eight and seven, but it is a bad eight and seven, because they were eight and three at one point and just have lost the last month. My biggest issue right now is the health of Trevor Lawrence. I feel like since the ankle injury, he has not been the same. And you've been seeing him airmail passes. He's not moving in the pocket as fluidly. There has just been a lot of issues with the offense since that high ankle sprain. And I don't think it's a coincidence that they are on this losing streak since that has happened. So let's just make sure that we take care of Trevor Lawrence. As somebody who has rooted for the Colts my entire life, uh, I watched Andrew Luck get decimated by injuries and, and him end up retiring early because of it. Let's not flirt with that same situation. I and, and I will bring this up every single time I see a quarterback playing hurt. Trevor Lawrence has like six injuries right now. And I know that's hyperbole, but like he has like six injuries right now, it feels like. Let's let the guy get healthy. 
I think he needs next week off. If he wants to keep playing and keep toughing it out, like, okay, awesome. Like, I respect the hell out of that. But at some point, someone needs to go, okay, we need to let our franchise quarterback, because that's what everyone assumes he is in Jacksonville, and I assume so as well, let's give your franchise quarterback maybe a week off. I understand playoffs are on the line right now, but with Trevor, what feels like the corpse of Trevor Lawrence right now, you're not winning a playoff game in this state. Absolutely not. You haven't won a football game in a month. So I know anything can happen come playoff time, but not with Trevor Lawrence in the health situation that he feels like he's in, which is like a crisis right now. And number 15, the Indianapolis Colts offense just flatlined against the Atlanta Falcons defense, man. It's that was not the performance I was expecting out of them. Really, really tough. But unfortunately, that's just kind of the reality of the Colts. I know they're sitting at seven right now. And so they are in the playoff. Uh, they are in the playoff picture as of this moment for the AFC. But this feels like one that might end up slipping away from them just because of how log jammed the AFC is. And right now, um, listen, I was never too high on the idea of trying to make this playoff push anyways. Again, as a Colts fan, I, you, once you lost Anthony Richardson, I was fine with just tanking the season. But I've loved the fight. I've loved seeing everyone put on the performance that they've had. Minus Michael Pittman, though, this offense is clearly not the same. So it, he needs to be healthy and playing to really help them out. Like, obviously, Jonathan Taylor, talented running back, the running game, fantastic over there. But clearly, Michael Pittman missing one game and the offense kind of almost being put into park rather than neutral uh, is definitely a bit of a concern because if you lose Michael Pittman again, this offense is going nowhere. So Michael Pittman needs to be back defensively has to tighten up. I feel like that's been a problem than to let the Atlanta Falcons have a game all over you. I mean, that's been the, that's been the story of the Colts defense all year long. Like they, they're really good in statistics, like forcing turnovers and sacks and stuff like that. But yardage wise, they let teams move third downs. Not great. Like they, they let teams move and they've just had a very opportunistic defense. So I, I'm getting into like Colts fan criticism here, but again, I, this is kind of where I have them right now. I don't quite know, even with them being in the playoff picture now, if they actually make it in the next couple of weeks, just because of where they are right now. And, I, I, another one of those teams I think is kind of falling back to where they should actually be. At number 14, the Raiders. Let's talk about this. Nine spots moving up on the board. These players love their head coach. And I say head coach, not interim head coach, because at this point, Antonio Pierce has got to have won that job. If he is not the head coach going into next season and given an opportunity to get his guys in the building build out a team, a roster, the way he wants to do it and the way he envisions it with a new GM. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what you're doing. The players love him. It was very clear on the sideline as that game was being wrapped up. Everyone is bought in on what Antonio Pierce is doing. You don't see that type of buy-in very often in the NFL. That team is like a brotherhood. It runs deeper than just a football team. And for them to come in, in Arrowhead, and shut the Chiefs down defensively. That defense has come to life. Zamir White looked really good. In the absence of Josh Jacobs, when I saw that he was missing the game, I was like, oh, no, man, it's going to get really ugly for the Raiders. And no, it wasn't. They looked great. This is a dark horse playoff team that needs a lot to go their way. But I wouldn't be too shocked to see them win their final two games at the very least. And if cards fall their way, this Raiders team could very well find themselves as maybe the number seven seed in the AFC playoffs. At number 13, the Seattle Seahawks. Big win last week. Ugly win this week, but you toughed it out. 
And again, you're going up against a Titans team that will not roll over for anybody. So it's a Mike Vrabel-led team. They will fight you tooth and nail to the very finish line. You were on the ropes in that game. Offensively, I'm not quite sure what has happened to them. I feel like they've just kind of fallen off a cliff as of late. But I'm hoping it gets better over the next couple of weeks, especially because this is a team that has a legitimate shot at the playoffs right now. So my thought process was once Kenneth Walker got back, because that was what that was kind of what I was attributing some of the slowdown on offense was was no Kenneth Walker. All right, so that would be like they need their running back back. But even with him back in the fold, still kind of an issue. So hopefully they sort themselves out, but they're good enough defensively and their ceiling is high enough offensively when they're playing well that I think they're a playoff team and they're a threat in the NFC at the very least. So we'll see where things go, but I'm good with them at number 13 for right now. At number 12, we're looking at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers moving up five spots here on their winning streak. Listen, Tampa Bay, they are hot right now. Baker Mayfield, if he's not quarterback in Tampa Bay, that's an absolute whiff on their part. He's got to stick around for at least another season or two. If he gets like a three-year deal, I would be cool with that because you don't necessarily know, but the offense has finally figured itself out. And the lack of running game is what was really hurting this team earlier in the season. They've always had a really good defense, at least. At very least, they've been an average to above average defense, depending on the week here. It was really just, there was no running game. The offense was very one-dimensional. It was just so reliant on them throwing the football. And the offensive line there definitely needs some work. But now that they can run the football effectively, and they're a threat, teams have to respect it, it's really opening up what they can do against the pass. And this Baker Mayfield to Mike Evans connection, that is something I don't want to see go away. I hope that somehow Tampa Bay keeps Mike Evans around next year, along with Baker Mayfield, because that is a pairing that has been very fun to watch and is one of those small surprises of an otherwise wild, wild NFL season. So I like the Buccaneers right now. I think the NFC South is theirs to lose. They have a good enough defense to compete. The offense seems to have opened itself up with the running game now, and I'm really excited to see them work these next couple of weeks and potentially through a playoff push. At number 11, the Houston Texans only dropping a spot here. They won last week minus CJ Stroud, and then you at least hung in there with, and, that, and you have to consider Joe Flacco and Amari Cooper were absolutely torching, and you didn't get blown out worse than you did. So I'm going to give the Texans some credit. Minus your starting quarterback the last couple of weeks, you've gotten a win. And you've hung in there with a good, a really good Cleveland Browns team, a team that has like come to life since Joe Flacco has, and we'll get to that in a second because that's something I really want to talk about. But yes, they're hanging in there. Now, the next couple of weeks are going to be key. They have got to win both games. They need some things to go their way. I'm kind of expecting maybe a bit of a collapse altogether if we're not already seeing it in Jacksonville. And I wouldn't be surprised to see the Colts maybe drop another game that they shouldn't drop or they just end up dropping a game because it's going to be how things shake out. And the Houston Texans wind up winning this AFC South. I would be honestly kind of disappointed if they don't. I really think that the Texans right now are the best of the AFC South. And I'm kind of rooting for them. And I'm, a, again, a Col Colts fan here, rooting for the Texans to find their way into the playoffs as a AFC divisional team. Because if they were able to lock in, say, the four seed in the AFC, that would be huge for them. And number 10, the LA Rams talk about a team getting hot at the right time the return of Kyron Williams I feel like I'm talking about it every single week but he has opened up what this team can do they can run the football 
They can throw the football. You have Matthew Stafford at quarterback, Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua. Hell, even De is it Demarcus Robinson? Talk about the game that he was having on Thursday night. I mean, you have a legit trio of wide receivers paired with a running back and a quarterback, an offensive line that I think is playing better than the sum of its parts, and a defense that's young, feisty. They do let things get by them at times. I feel like... <clears throat> Excuse me, I do feel like the defense at times makes mistakes. But again, they're a really young group, but they still have some good anchors there. I am very excited to see what this Rams team does the next couple of weeks. I'm kind of assuming they make the playoffs. I feel like they're one of the better teams in the NFC in at this very moment. Record may not necessarily show it, but they're one of those teams that I feel like are getting hot at the right time. And they're not necessarily the team you want to wind up playing if you're if you don't have all your ducks in a row come playoff time. At number nine, the Kansas City Chiefs dropping three spots this week. It cannot be ignored. The receiving issue over there, wide receiver room issue over there, is very serious. I understand Patrick Mahomes has Travis Kelsey, and that connection is as good as any of the connections in the NFL right now. But this offense has not been the same post Tyreek Hill. You need to have a legit number one wide receiver for this offense to function the way that I think the Chiefs want it to function. And I don't think you have that. You have a bunch of guys that could be number two, number three wide receivers, maybe complimentary pieces, things like that. They've got to get that sorted out. On top of that, the offensive line struggled so much against the Raiders. I felt like when you see Patrick Mahomes rushing for like 10 plus times a game or close to it at, at the very least, I don't remember what the final rushing number was, but I saw he had at least seven rushes at one point late in the game. When you see him running as much as he is, you know things are not going well for the Chiefs. And you saw it from pretty much the beginning of the game on. Those first couple of drives, three and out, three and out, was not good. And it just it, it snowballed from there. And if you got a glimmer of hope late in the game, but the defense at that point was so gassed, so wiped out, you couldn't even stop the Raiders' offense in their run game. And they didn't even have Josh Jacobs. They had Zamir White running for them. So they need a legit wide receiver. And if that is not their number one priority going into this offseason, I don't know what else your priority could possibly be. Uh, because they've they've invested in what feels like literally everything else. You've got to go get another. Uh, not uh, you're not going to find a Tyreek Hill because he's a one of one, but you've got to go find the, your next Tyreek Hill if you get what I'm saying there. Because this is this this team right now in its current state, they're not going to defend that Super Bowl championship. I, they're struggling right now, and what a couple of weeks ago felt like a very unlikely scenario of them maybe losing the AFC West is. If things don't go well these next couple of weeks, the Raiders are sitting right behind them. I don't expect the Broncos to do it at this point now, but the Raiders, though, don't sleep on them. They just got to win over the Chiefs. And if you can't get your ducks in a row these next couple of weeks, you might be on the outside looking in. A very unlikely scenario, but it's a possibility. And anything can happen in the NFL. Now, coming in at number eight... The Cleveland Browns, and I mean, what can you really say about Cleveland right now? Three weeks ago, Joe Flacco's coming in to replace, who is it, P.J. Walker or Deshaun Watson, right? Yes, Deshaun Watson goes down with an injury. I don't know. I, there's been so many quarterbacks rolling through Cleveland as of late. Joe Flacco comes in off his couch, 38 years old, has not played in I don't even know how long because I don't remember the last time he played when he was with the Jets, and has now in the last three weeks, been probably one of the most productive quarterbacks in the league. You can't make this stuff up. 
The Cleveland Browns, who threw a five-year, 230-some-odd million guaranteed contract to their quarterback, who's played like 11 games for them and had maybe one or two games cross 200 yards passing, and he's being outperformed by your 38-year-old off-the-couch quarterback who has brought your offense to life. The Browns can now throw the football. They can run the football. They have a talented offensive line that's dealing with injuries but still looks really good. Shows some struggles since the, these injuries to their offensive tackles but have still been a good unit for the most part. And you have one of the best defenses in the NFL period. I, I don't know what to make of the Cleveland Browns, but they're a playoff team, and I'm here for it. I'm riding the train to the playoffs, whatever it ends up taking us, I'm here for it. It has been one of the most exciting things of this season is to watch this Browns team deal with their quarterback carousel. And now we're going to root for Joe Flacco en route to a potential playoff berth in 2023. Like you cannot make this stuff up. At number seven, the Dallas Cowboys. Tough, tough loss. You can't ignore the struggles on the road at this point. Like it's got to be something that is talked about, and it's going to be talked about a lot this week. I know it's going to be dissected. And Cowboys fans, I feel for you, I really do. But for whatever the reason may be, this team struggles on the road, and it's something that it needs to be addressed in the next couple of weeks. Because at this rate, the Cowboys might not win your division, and if you don't, you're probably going to end up on the road somewhere, and. You're sniffing a one and done in the wild card if you're not number one in the NFC. That is tough. Thankfully, with the 49ers loss, there is some leeway, but it's one of those things like you need a lot to go your way to wind up with that number one seed or even just to win your division and have a home game at the least. Um, I'm worried. A little bit worried about the Cowboys right now. Got to figure it out on the road because you, you had a good defensive performance against a Dolphins team that has, one, been very good all year long, but two, been outstanding at home. Never mind how good they've been in general, but at home is where the Miami Dolphins offense really shine, and you did a great job of slowing them down. Uh, it's just one of those things that, you know, unfortunately, great drive at the end. Dak Prescott leads the way, but your defense just could not hang on and stop the Dolphins from kicking a game winner. So... It is what it is. Tight loss. Could be, you know, it could have been worse. Thankfully, it was close, but you got to figure things out on the road. At number six, the Philadelphia Eagles moving up a couple of spots here. Listen, um, it, you've got to stop shooting yourself in the foot. That's the best way I can put it. If the Eagles cannot stop doing that, they're not going to make it out of the first round of the playoffs. And I, I cannot stress that enough. Uh, and maybe you get the bye with the 49ers loss now. There is a good potential for that. But at this rate, you can't be making these mistakes, not against some of the playoff contenders. Like, thank goodness you were playing the New York Giants because if you are watching your return team smash into each other for a fumble or throwing a pick six, whatever the situation may be, just some of the, like, boneheaded mistakes I felt like I was watching from this Eagles team that honestly should have routed the Giants considering they were benching a quarterback and bringing in Tyrod Taylor. Between that... And just how the defense has been letting things get by them as of late. Some serious things that need to be worked on. You're still one of the best in the NFL, but there are some glaring issues here that are concerning. And number five, the Buffalo Bills dropping a spot despite their win. Listen, I gave credit for the Chargers for keeping the game close. And now I'm going to look at the uh, Buffalo Bills and give them the old shame on you. You should not have let the Chargers hang around like you should have in that game. Whether it was looking past your opponent, whatever the whole thing may be, that is not 
what should have that should have not that's not the final score of that game that should not have been the final score not in the slightest you should have won by at least two scores at the very least with the state that the chargers are in and how poor that defense has been i have a hard time believing that a head coaching change is ultimately what's going to flip the chargers defense around and make them one of the better units in the nfl and this is an offense that's been rolling since the firing of ken dorsey so i'm going to go with it was maybe just looking a little bit ahead you do have a pretty important game coming up against your rival Miami Dolphins in a few weeks, so there is that. But uh, very surprised the performance in that game. Glad they got the win for the Bills' sake. You're back in the playoff picture now. Big win. I believe you were number six seed at this moment, so good for Buffalo. But be careful just looking ahead. You'll get caught slipping, and you're lucky that the Chargers didn't get it done on you. And then to wrap things up, at number four, the Detroit Lions. At number three, we have the Miami Dolphins staying put where they are. At number two, the 49ers dropping from their throne. And at number one, the Baltimore Ravens taking that throne. So the the Detroit Lions at number four, you win the NFC North for the first time in franchise history, and you win a division for the first time in like 30 some odd years. Round of applause, Lions fans. You deserve it. Well-earned. Congratulations. Little bit scary, Like I mentioned when we were talking the Vikings, there were moments in that game where I was a little bit concerned that the Lions might blow that opportunity to seal that division this week. You got the job done, though. At this point, there is a piece of me that is maybe just hanging on to the Detroit Lions of old, and I'm worried that what I'm seeing ends up being just a big facade. But... I am buying in to the Lions as a legit playoff contender, as a legit contender in the NFC. I have them at number four. Maybe it's just the the Ethan in me that grew up watching the Lions lose a lot. There is a piece of me that's unsure, but here I am putting them at number four. So that's got to count for something, I guess. At number three, the Miami Dolphins. You come in against a good Dallas Cowboys team. Defense obviously gave you some fits. I would have expected them to run the football a little bit more effectively in that game here. Uh, Hopefully Jalen Waddle's okay. There was also that injury as well. That was a bit concerning. Um, But the Miami Dolphins are legit. They are as legit as they come at this point. And they have a shot at potentially stealing the AFC's number one seed from the Ravens next week. Coming off the heels of a really big win. Uh, Unfortunately, the Ravens are going to be coming in with a tidal wave of momentum themselves tall task to go up against what is considered the best team in the NFL right now, but the Miami Dolphins are legit. Absolutely. From offense to defense, they can slow teams down. I think this defense is really rounded out during the back half of the season. The return of Jalen Ramsey was huge for, I guess, addition because he hadn't played for you in the season yet. The addition of Jalen Ramsey was huge for the team, and I think it's really helped turn this defense around and really bring some serious intensity. You have a lot to like about what's going on in Miami right now, and I, they're, I, they're legit. They're as legit as they come, in my opinion. And number two, the 49ers. Uh, Listen, four interceptions from Brock Purdy. (sighs) Man, you've got to be concerned. You've got to be concerned. It it started out bad pretty quickly, and it just went downhill from there. I I don't really know where the 49ers go from here because you ultimately, you basically benched Brock Purdy. I know he went down with the stinger in the shoulder, and then they just opted to not let him come back in because he was cleared to go back and return to play. So that's a benching right there. Uh, I'm very curious what happens going forward because that was a, he looked like a seventh round quarterback. And that is the 49ers absolute worst fear having traded away Trey Lance already. 
this will be an interesting week surrounding the 49ers. Thankfully, you still have a good defense. And thankfully, I mean, you found some life with Sam Darnold under center. Do we see Sam Darnold next week? I don't know. It seems like Kyle Shanahan is not afraid to plug in whatever quarterback he needs to to get the best results he thinks is possible. My goodness, though, that was not the performance I was expecting offensively. And then a number one, the Baltimore Ravens. Listen, that defense is as good as advertised, if not better. They are incredible. And I cannot stress enough just how complete this Ravens team is from top to bottom. I think a concern that I've brought up, and it might be starting to rear its head again with the 49ers, is depth. The Ravens have it and then some because they've been battle-tested with injuries all season long, and they've kept losing guys and just continue to roll. The running back room is deep. The wide receiver room is really starting to round itself out and become a deep group. The tight end room, you lose Mark Andrews, and you don't even look back. Isaiah Likely and Charlie Kalar have done an excellent job of, I don't want to say replacing Mark Andrews, but doing a great job of relieving the team with Mark Andrews out. And they're both two very athletic, big tight ends, and Lamar Jackson's already starting to build a really solid rapport with the both of them. Defensively, Kyle Hamilton is an absolute unit of a safety. He can do literally everything on the football field. Roquan Smith, who was brought onto the team a couple of years ago, has turned into one of the best inside linebackers in the NFL. Uh, listen, you have so much to like about this defense because they are homegrown talent with a few guys plugged in here or there, brought in for free agency. But this 49ers team, man, from top to bottom, the roster is just so deep. They are so good. And for them to come in to Levi's Stadium against the 49ers in their house and five interceptions five interceptions what the what is all i've got to say to that they are the best team in the nfl right now ravens fans i have been hearing you for a while and i told you this was the game to make the to, to make my decision for me and the ravens did just that number one in the nfl in my opinion and those are my rankings from worst to first going into week number 17 let me know in the comment section your thoughts let me hear your power rankings all of that would love to discuss, but that is it for me. I appreciate it if you made it all the way to the end of this. I will see you all next time. Have a good one.